Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is Jonathan Siegley hosting this one, and I am joined by Greg Barnes and Ross Martin, who were out in Portland for the UNC game. And guys, we're recording this. I guess it's a little bit later on in the evening on the East Coast time, about 1030 Friday, but still relatively early in the the day for you guys. So first off, how is it being out there on the West Coast? You guys enjoyed the trip so far? Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. I, uh, I've been out here a little bit longer than, than Ross has. Came out on Sunday for the Stanford game. So I'm trying to get accustomed to the uh, time change, and I figure that'll happen about the time that I have to come home. But it's a uh, it's a unique area. I think Ross probably knows this area a little bit better than I do, but it's, it's been unique to see. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot warmer than I thought. I, I was prepared for, for kind of cold winter weather, but it's been kind of nice today, even though we're inside the whole day. It's been a little overcast and rainy as expected but Portland's a great town this tournament's really cool I mean there's 16 teams a lot of basketball fans around the area and Portland overall with the big river running through it's a really neat city we're looking forward to exploring it some later tonight and into tomorrow and uh, and on Sunday now that we know that the game time is going to be 5 30 local on Sunday we'll have a chance to kind of see some more of the city that day so it's been great man it's been some great hoops and excited to see this tournament through Nice. Well, speaking about things being hotter than expected, that leads me right into Luke May's shooting for this game. So, you know, stifle the groans there for the obvious play. But I wanted to start this one just talking about him because, man, he had a game. And that was just watching it on TV. Ross, starting with you, what was it like in the arena when Luke just went off there? Yeah, and really, like, it wasn't like Kenny Williams against Stanford. I mean, he was getting baskets inside, drawing fouls, and then, of course, he was four for five from deep. And he was just, it just, it seems like everything clicking for him. You know, he gets contact down low. He's really crafty around the basket in terms of maneuvering and, and kind of, he's undersized. He's able to put the ball up and use pump fakes and things like that to, to create separation. And then he steps out, and things are just clicking for him. You know, he's stepping into threes. He's coming off screens. He's knocking them down. And then, the rebounding, I think, has always been kind of his forte. The, the ball just kind of finds his hands. I think Andrew Playtick said it in the locker room today that it's kind of like his hands are magnets. And so that's, that helps him get those rebounds and, and get those double-doubles. But, I mean, offensively, I did not expect this coming to this season. We were talking about this during the game, Greg and I. It's just like, it's unbelievable how well he's playing this early. And I think UNC as a team is kind of far ahead from what we expected. Greg, do you see anything else kind of stand out from what Luke's done? The last two games and kind of these five games as a whole? Yeah, well, a couple of things. One, it's not like it's a one-game fluke. I mean, while he had career highs you know, against Arkansas, both with rebounds and points, I mean, this is pretty much the level of production that he's had through five games. So I know for some people it's kind of hard to grasp it, that Luke May is the guy that's averaging you know, 21 and 11, but he's done it and he's been consistent. I think it's not as though he's you know, just – chucking up shots and everything's going in. He's taking three-pointers when they're open, and he's making a lot of them. You know, a good scenario during the Arkansas game. He hit an early three, and so the forward guarding him on the next play had to come out beyond the three-point line because you don't want Luke shooting a three because he just made one on you. And so what does Luke do? He dribbles right around him, goes to the hoop for a layup. And we, we know what Luke can do in terms of you know, offensive rebounds and putbacks. So when you put all those things together, now we're talking about a guy who's 6'8", 240, can shoot from the outside, can break you down off the dribble. He hustles. He's scrappy. He's got a great nose for the boards. 
And so he's doing everything in North Carolina. You know, they needed somebody in the post to step up. You know, Ross, as he said, we, we were kind of chatting, and I really thought you know, Luke could be a guy this year that can maybe give them 10 and 10, and that would be fantastic. For him to do what he's done thus far against some pretty good opponents far surpasses expectations. And I know that Theo Pinson and Roy Williams and Joel Berry and all his teammates say, hey, we've seen him do this. We're not surprised. You've got to be surprised that he has operated at this level for you know, the first two weeks of the season. If he was playing this well in practice, why was he not starting over Isaiah Hicks or Kenny Meeks last season? Right. You know? I agree. I, I think he's made a huge jump from sophomore to junior year, and that goes to his work ethic. Players and coaches always talk about the gym rat, blue-collar work ethic he brings. He's shooting 58.1% from the field and 52.9% from three, which is incredible. And another thing that we were talking about earlier, Greg, is that UNC hasn't really had a player like this that can score down low consistently and is good around the basket, has a couple post moves and is crafty off rebounds, but can step outside and consistently and confidently knock down the three. I was comparing him to maybe what Jawad Williams did in 05 or what Marvin Williams can do. But both those guys, I don't know, they didn't seem like they were that pure of a shooter. And Roy mentioned that when he's going against teams that have that stretch for, it's super difficult to guard. And that's what is making it hard for opponents to guard Luke May is that he's become quicker. He's become more athletic. He can take guys off the dribble, which is surprising. He knocked down the shot. And then he is kind of doing what we thought he could do down low and, and kind of scoring on the basket. So yeah, five games in, if he can keep this up, I mean, it's going to be a very hard team to beat. And I guess I am keep expecting him to have a letdown. It hasn't come. Well, and, and there's going to be a letdown at some point. And I think that's one of the important things for people to realize is there's going to be some games where teams are able to control him just because they have more size, more athleticism, those types of things. But Joel Berry made the point today that you know, this guy is very intelligent. He has a very high basketball IQ. And so it's not as though he's just trying to overpower people. He's actually thinking through his moves. You know, he's, he's pump faking. He's established some post moves. He's doing all these different things. And that's going to be critical. But when you look back at you know, a lot of these recent bigs that UNC's had and Bryce Johnson and Kennedy Meeks come to mind, they struggled early in their career with inconsistency. And they would have, you know, Bryce would have 20 and 10 this game. And then for two games, he'd have nine and five. And so what he did his senior year was he elevated that. He was able to have those good performances day in and day out. And so that's going to be the challenge for Luke is not only being able to continue playing at this high level, but being able to do it night in, night out. And that's going to be a challenge. And there are going to be some challenges for him. I don't think he's arrived by any stretch, but just the work ethic that he's had and his approach to the game, I think it bodes well that he's going to have a big year and make no doubt about it. I mean, right now, this kid is is first team all ACC. I mean, so <laughs> it is. It's just amazing what he's done thus far. I can just tell that Greg's super excited about Luke May. There's like a little, <laughs> hey, a little excitement in his he's voice. He's from Charlotte. I'm from 20 miles down the road. So. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard not to root for May, honestly, as a Carolina fan. After that shot against Kentucky, which will live in infamy, I think everyone was pulling for the guy, but you guys have basically said, I think what's on everyone's mind, you know, you had some fans probably expect him to make a leap, but I don't think anyone saw him playing to that level that he is right now. And probably another guy on the team that I think has made a big time leap was Kenny Williams. And he also played really strong in this game. I thought, especially on the defensive end and then rebounding. Greg, start with you on this one. How about Kenny's play tonight? Well, Kenny is one of those guys. Roy Williams loves him, but he's got kind of the same foundation that Luke does. And what I mean by that is that Luke May, we knew the last couple of years that he was going to come in and he was going to give you a lot of effort. He was going to give you great rebounding and he's going to do his best on defense. 
and any points he gave you was a positive, but that he had the skill set that that would eventually come along. And Kenny Williams is just like that. Kenny Williams came in. We know he's a good defender. We know he hustles. We know he's going to be diving after the ball, and Roy Williams is going to love him for that. The point was, when is the shots going to start to fall for him? And that's what we've seen this year. We saw it against Radford last year, and it was kind of a glimpse. And then, of course, we saw it at Stanford the other night when he was just absolutely on fire. And so now that he's got his shots falling and he's more confident on the offensive end, he has this complete game now. And so, again, that's going to be the challenge for him, like with Luke, is being able to be consistent in that regard. He scored 10 points or more in every game this year. So you're right that Luke's kind of overshadowed what he's done. But he's just kind of a kid that brings a, a lot of versatility. He could probably play any of those first three positions if they need him to, if, if something happened to Joel or whatever. But I think he just brings so much of that effort that this team needs to be successful. You know, I talked to him after the game. He said that his confidence is as high as it's ever been. And that's really helped him on the offensive end. And just pairing that with what he can already do defensively, that just kind of rounds out the equation for him. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I, I wrote about Kenny Williams yesterday after the win over Portland. He just seems like he is a lot more athletic and quicker and jumping higher and quicker off the ground than he was last two seasons coming off that knee injury and, and all that rehab and in talking to him he says that working with Jonas UNC strength and conditioning coach for you know months after the surgery and over the summer has just has strengthened him and made him quicker and made him more athletic than he was when he arrived at UNC so he's putting that all together he's knocking down shots which just increases his confidence you remember freshman year he only hit one shot obviously now the basket seems a lot bigger what I've noticed, he's moving to the basket and streaking to the basket with purpose and making those plays, and he's so smooth, and he's doing the little things as well, like the defense that Roy always talks about, a little bit of rebounding, assists, and, he, and he's very particular about what shots he takes. I saw him pass up some pretty good threes to give it to a guy that he thought was more open, and I think he needs to shoot a little bit more because it's going in for him. But I've been very impressed with what he's done with the opportunities given to him, you know, obviously playing a little bit more than he maybe thought he was because of Cam Johnson's injury. Yeah, if he can play this level and Luke can play this level, I think we know what, you know, Joel Berry and Theo Pinson can bring on a regular basis. Then I think UNC's going to be a really tough out in February and March if these things are clicking and Cam Johnson comes back. And I think that's a testament to what Kenny Williams and Luke may have been able to do this early in their junior campaigns. And we're going to take a quick commercial break, but when we get back, I wanted to discuss something that you mentioned there, Ross. So stay tuned for more after this. Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And we are back. And Ross, you mentioned Joel Berry there. And Joel did not have that great of a game today. He was on the score line. I think he only had 13 points, but it was on 3 of 12 shooting. To me, I thought it was an uncharacteristic off game for Joel. But I thought that he was taking maybe a few too many long twos. You know, with the analytics craze in basketball right now, a lot of people are saying those are shots that you just should never take. But Joel, to his credit, he normally makes them. But they weren't falling really today, and then he drove inside a couple times, and it may have been rust, but he was not able to really finish inside. I think this is probably just a little bit of a one-off, you know, just a bad game. It happens. But, Ross, to go with you, what did you think about Joel? 
Yeah, quite the critic there, John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, three for 12, obviously, is not great. But look, seven for eight from the free throw line. You know, it, he didn't stand out to me as having a great game. And obviously, I didn't notice that maybe his performance was that bad. He did enough to help out his team and get the win, and they won comfortably. I thought he made some key baskets at key points in the game. When Arkansas went on a run at different points in the first and second half, I thought he drove to the basket and, and drew contact at the times when UNC needed that boost, and that was huge. And he's had some big games already this season, and he's still kind of you know finding his spot and his shot. And as long as guys like Kenny and Luke are kind of carrying the team offensively, you know he can be the distributor and go from there. He had four assists, zero turnovers. I know Roy made a point to point that out to the media today, but I mean I'm not concerned about Barry or Pinson especially after what Pinson did against Portland. Yeah, I'll go the other way. I know the, the shooting numbers were not that good. And like you mentioned, John, you know, there's a couple of times where he drove in the lane and Arkansas has some athletes. And there was a few times where instead of going right at the hole, we kind of got up in the air and was kind of falling away and got a couple of those shots blocked. But the seven of eight free throws is solid. Like Ross mentioned, I mean, four assists, zero turnovers against Arkansas, which lives and dies on creating turnovers with their full court press. I think that was very critical. And Luke May, you said after the game, I'll have a story on this as well. But when, when you look at what Arkansas did in the second half, they had a 9-0 run and then they had a 10-0 run. The 9-0 run that they had, the next play down, who has the ball? Joel Berry drives directly to the hoop, gets a layup, comes down the court. He draws a charge. So in a span of two plays, Barry has completely killed that momentum. What happens? UNC goes on an 8-2 run, regains a 13-point lead. You go down to that 10-0 run that Arkansas had, cut the lead, I think, to six with like three and a half minutes to play. Barry again on the next possession, forces the issue, gets fouled, knocks down two free throws. That 10-0 run is stopped. UNC is back up by eight. And so I think if we look too much at the field goal shooting, you kind of lose the fact that, hey, you know, when the team needed him, he stood up and he was a leader that they needed. And those are two good examples. And when you combine that with what he did with the assist-error ratio, I think that's a pretty strong performance. Would he have liked to have shot better? Of course. And you're probably right that some of those long twos he probably shouldn't take. But again, you know, like you said, he, he makes a lot of those. I mean, I think you can live with the uh, field goal shooting when you factor in those little things that he brings that don't, don't really show up on the score sheet. Well, and he also played great on the defensive side. I mean, the team as a whole really, I thought, had a very good defensive game plan. They were switching a lot. So to kind of go in a general sense then, what were y'all's kind of overall takeaways from this game? Greg, start with you for this one. Well, the first thing that kind of jumps out to me is the improved defensive effort. And like you said, they did do a lot of switching. And Roy had mentioned after the Portland game on Thursday that they needed to do a lot better job on the defensive end. And I think for stretches of time, we saw the team play really good defense. And that's going to be critical. And we saw that a lot with the small lineups. You know, if you look at that, you know, Roy went small for, I know, the final seven and a half minutes of the first half. Ross, did you figure out how, how long they went small there in the second half? I did not. I did not do that legwork. Okay, but there was a, a large stretch of time there late in the game where they went with a small lineup. So they played pretty effectively in that. But kind of the main thing that jumps out to me is if you look at the stat sheet, you've got four guys that played 33 minutes or more with May, Pinson, Barry, and Kenny Williams. Only Garrison Brooks and Brandon Robinson, the only other two guys that played more than nine minutes. So that is a drastic paring down of the lineup compared to what we've seen thus far. We know Arkansas is a very good team, but that to me kind of indicates that Roy found importance in this game. He wants to be able to play for the, the championship because that'd be good for this team. But when you look at that, that really kind of whittles down. And that, that says that, hey, Brandon Huffman played three minutes. 
He's got to up his game. He's got to come along and play. Jaleek Felton got time early. He only finishes with six minutes. So Roy gave him an opportunity early in the game to show what he could do. He struggled. And so, I mean, the fact that you know, Andrew Playtech played more than either Seventh Woods or Jaleek Felton, I think that says a lot. And so we're not near ACC play quite yet. But in some of these big games, it's smart for you as as fans to, to kind of look at the minutes. Because if Roy can space the minutes out, he will. But in this situation, when you've, you've really only got six guys playing the bulk of the minutes, that kind of gives you an indication of who he has trust in at this point in time. Then Ross, same thing to you. What was your overall takeaway from this game? I mean, I think we've already kind of said it. I mean, I think just the, the level that Luke May and Kenny Williams are playing with is surprising. I think this team is a little farther ahead than, than many expected. I remember Joel Berry telling us, or maybe it was on some other podcast or something, he said that the fans should, you know, be patient with this team, that they're going to be coming along slower, that they may lose some games early on the season. And this tournament in Portland was kind of what you envision as them maybe losing one to, to an Arkansas or to a Mission State or UConn. But if you think back to last year when UNC was in Maui, I mean, that's when they exploded on the scene with those big wins over, I think it was Oklahoma State, and I forgot it was in the championship game. They looked really good over there, and you're seeing that kind of same little hype. You know, things are clicking right now for UNC. thought Arkansas was a great test, and, and they passed the test of flying colors, pulling away in the first half, and then maintaining it you know, through the second half, and stifling Arkansas drives, and, and showing that they can score offensively. I remember there was one point early in the season where this team kind of struggled to score, and I was wondering, you know, where are they can get their scoring from? I mean, who, if, if Joel Berry's not on the court, you know, who's going to knock down the shots? And, and that's proven that Luke May and Kenny Williams can be consistent scorers for UNC. I think Greg had a good point. I mean, I I think a lot of people thought Jaleek felt was going to be playing a lot more. The Seventh Woods would get more chances, and we haven't seen them play for lengthy periods of time. And, and it's very important to note that moving forward and how much maybe play tick is playing in their replacement. And thinking about what this team's going to look like with Cam Johnson, because we're not that far away from when he returns late December early January and what he's going to bring this team. And I think the one big thing is if they can get Sterling Manley or Garrison Brooks to be a consistent, you know, 25 minute player who can get you into close to double digit rebounds and, and score six to eight points. That's going to be huge for this team because they have some scores. They just need a consistent post president who can, who can defend and not turn the ball over and not make mistakes. And we've seen that a little bit from Sterling Manley and a little bit from Garrison Brooks, but you still see some of those errors here and there with those guys. And I just want to see what they can do given a lot of time and, and, how far Roy trusts them because Roy did go to that smaller lineup kind of when it mattered late in the first half and again late in the second half and, and those seem to be like the best five when you, when you think about Barry, Kenny Williams, either Brand Robinson or Playtick and Pinson and then Luke May. Well, that will go ahead and wrap us up then. I wanted to say thanks to you both for recording this one on the road. I look forward to hearing the coverage from the championship game on Sunday and we will talk with everyone again soon. Thanks, John. All right. See you, John. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.